All right, welcome back to the channel today, everyone. I'm your host, Sarah Higdon. We have a lot to talk about because um, last weekend at Pride got pretty crazy. Um, and obviously, we're not going to talk just about Pride, um, but I do have an awesome guest today. Um, so we're going to bring him up here. And um, he is the co-founder of Base Politics and co-host of The Base Brief, and uh, now has a new show called Damage Control. Hey, how's it going, Sarah? Oh, hold on. <laughs> they were cheering for you. <laughs> how's it going? Good, good. How are you? I, I'm doing well. Um, welcome into the channel. This is your first time coming over here, but we've uh, we've been pretty... Uh, we, we've known each other for, quite, for a little while now, too. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we've collabed on camera so far, but we've been behind the scenes, and so it's great to talk to you. Yeah, you too. Um, and so you, again, so you are the co-founder of Base Politics. Um, why don't you just kind of launch into and, and describe that a little bit and what you're doing there, Base Brief and the new show? Yeah, so Base Politics is a multimedia nonprofit. We do articles, videos, social media content, all pushing economic freedom and individual liberty. So uh, we don't really use the word libertarian, but kind of that, that bent. Um, and then for me personally, Damage Control is the new show I launched under Base Politics, focusing on restoring sanity to LGBT issues, because I know you feel this way, but I feel like we've lost our way uh, very much so. And what I want to seek to restore is like a sane center right approach to these issues, uh, because the people on the left who control the mainstream LGBT community have totally lost their minds. They've lost the plot. And they're, whether it's pushing medical treatments for children they can't fully understand, pushing a million fake genders, conflating like non-binary with things about us that we can't change, like being gay or having gender dysphoria, or all the million ways, you know, punch turfs, shut down free speech, all these kinds of things they've attached to it that we're living through a backlash. And I really think the, the right polling even bears this out. Um, that the right is declining in support for LGBT acceptance. And I think that's really disheartening because I think just a few years ago, we'd reached a kind of a spot I'd like to get back to. Trump was the head of the Republican Party and whatever all his faults, he was fine with gay marriage. The gay stuff really went to the back burner on the right. I felt like we'd made good progress some of the trans stuff was more controversial, but most people were fine with transgender adults doing what they would want as long as, except for things like sports or pre-op people in changing rooms and certain things. But now I've seen this real vitriol, this real backlash, this real backsliding from the right where all of a sudden they're bringing out the homophobic tropes. All of a sudden they're going full hardcore anti-trans and uh, some of them want to ban adults from gender transition, just lots of stuff that I really, really am alarmed by. So that's the point of the Damage Control Project is to team up with the right of center people from across the LGBT community to try to restore some sanity on these issues because everybody's lost their mind. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, there was a study that came out this week that shows that acceptance has gone down across the board on LGBT issues. And it's really disheartening because you're right. I, I, I said it actually, I did an interview that's supposed to come out this week with um, Candace Taylor, if, who it ran for governor of Georgia. And she's been kind of labeled this transphobic, homophobic bigot because she doesn't necessarily want to 
pull, you know, the log cabin Republicans into like recognize them officially just because of sexuality. But she's honestly, it was really interesting conversation because she is one of the nicest people I've ever met. And she's like, I don't care what you do. I just don't think that as a party, we should be celebrating sexuality, right? And so it it was really a good conversation that's going to come out on on Wednesday. But also it's interesting because the poll came out last week that showed that 67% of Democrats agree that children should not be transitioning and I think there might be a little bit different. And actually there was a poll last year, I believe that said 70 something percent of Americans believe that, you know, males should not compete in women's sports. So it's, it's, you know, across party lines, these are reasonable things to assume. Um, Which is interesting because I think I've actually probably been a little bit more conservative on these issues, even the trans issues than you, but you, like we kind of talked about a little bit before the show, you haven't really stepped into the fray that much to talk about LGBT issues as a whole. I, and I will, I will mention that I did really agree with almost all the points you made at the Michael Knowles debate as well. Thanks. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. So with my career, when I first started uh, in about 2016, doing commentary and punditry and writing articles, I did some LGBT commentary from the perspective of a right of center gay person. But then I did kind of let that go and, and not focus on that so much for several years and really was covering economics and politics and all these other things I still cover because I never really wanted to be pigeonholed into that or to really focus on that a whole lot. But I felt kind of compelled over the last few months to re-engage because of this backsliding. So that's why I'm doing damage control. That's why we're talking about this right now. Uh, And it's why I'm re-engaging on some of these issues because I can't let the crazy people at the pride parades or the fringe trans Twitter activists, I can't let them speak for us and have people think that's what we all believe, the extreme things they say. Uh, or the crazy TikTokers who are talking about kink and kids can coexist. Like, no, 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 that's not us. That's not my people. That's not what I stand yeah. for whatsoever. And so a lot of uh, a lot of what I'm just trying to do is I really think there's a saying I really like uh, that it's hard to hate from up close. And I think yep. that's true across the board, that when people have a gay person or a trans person in their life or in their YouTube algorithm that they watch all the time, that is like them, that is normal, that has American values, that doesn't hate hate America or want communism or want to push inappropriate things towards children, uh, they realize that actually that mysterious group that I had these preconceived notions about I shouldn't use those to judge any individual. And so the more people get to know somebody from our communities and have a face they can relate to, I think the more tolerance and acceptance we'll see over time, because it's really when the group is abstract and all you see are the worst representatives that bubble up on the internet, that's when you can start to have some, some bias or some notions or support backsliding on rights or equality for certain groups is when you have this idea of them that in most cases is not actually what normal people in those groups believe. No, you're absolutely right. And I think that's the truth with everything. I always say that the internet highlights, the internet's not real and it highlights the worst of every extreme, right? Like when I, I, I've been, you know, I've been traveling the country quite a bit the last year, you know, speaking to a lot of different groups, mostly 
in connection with now a hate group. Um, um, no left turn in education was deemed a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. And that's who I've been doing all these events with, with Chloe Cole. And it's funny because I get people with MAGA hats and Trump hats and stuff coming up to me, giving me a hug and saying, thank you for being there. And, and that's exactly what you're talking about is being so just being a representative up close to people, like actually going out and being a good person in society just shows people every day that, okay, you're not what I see online. You're not what I see in the news. It's a lot different. But kind of speaking on that, let's jump into Pride Weekend <laughs> across the country. We're I almost we done. We're I, almost done. I, it's the la- it was the last weekend. I thought, you know what? Pride Month went, went without a hitch this year. I didn't realize just all the lefty cities had their Pride Month this weekend. So... <laughs> So let's look at this. Pull this up real quick. All right. So the first video I have is actually probably the most disturbing video. And it was filmed by uh, Tim Cast crew in New York. And this is exactly the opposite of what we, this is like what we were talking about with that we're against. So. <laughs> So, (laughs) like, this reminded me, when I saw this video, do you remember the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus about two years ago? They came out with the video that said, we're coming for your children. And that's the whole thing that it was about. And they came across as, it's like, we were joking, it was tongue-in-cheek humor, and now they're chanting it at pride (laughs) yeah look i think this is demented i think it's counterproductive i think there's two possibilities here one is that they're truly sick and depraved the other is that they're like trolling the right they're like oh you keep calling us groomers so we'll like razz you by just chanting this thing and they don't really mean it That's what I hope they're doing. That's still not okay, but that's at least the least worse scenario than them actually just saying we're coming for the kids. But I find this so incredibly frustrating because for decades, and I mean decades, gay people were falsely maligned as, you know, they're coming for your kids or, and and statistically it's not true, right? They're not more, gay people are not likely to abuse kids. Um, But with that stereotype, really damaging trope haunted us for decades and decades. And now they're like, ha ha ha. Yeah, we're coming for your kid. No, no, just stop. You're literally undoing the decades of blood, sweat and tears gay activists fought for with your, especially with the way that things can go viral now. Um, and that this, the, these, I bet you, look, let me put it this way. I bet you, if I put this video on my phone and I walked around in an, an average gay bar where I am in Michigan and showed this, almost everybody would be like, what the, they would be like, they, they would not support this, right? They wouldn't yeah. agree with this, but these fringe weirdos will go viral, give our whole community a bad name and set back the practice, the, the entire progress that we've made. And I think it's 
so harmful. They should know. And I think they do know that this is going to get captured by somebody. It's going to go out on Libs of TikTok or whatever, and it's going to go viral. And they might get the attention they ordered, but they're literally sacrificing LGBT acceptance to get it uh, just to push, you know, just to troll the conservatives or whatever. I think it's disgusting. Yeah, it's interesting because I've, I've, so it's interesting. I've lived in Atlanta since 2017 and I have, I've never actually made it to the parade. I'm usually hung over because we go out partying the night before, but the festival itself, I've never seen stuff like this at the festival itself. Most, and I, I've gone to Nashville as well. And Nashville wasn't like this either. It seems like it's like the bigger it is and like that bigger is the city. And Atlanta is actually the largest pride outside of June, but it's really interesting. I, I, I don't get it. And I think it is, they're like testing the boundaries of how far they can actually go. Like in the whole like nakedness. And I guess we'll, we can, we'll look at this and see this even more, but it's even like the nakedness of this stuff. It just doesn't help with anything. There's nothing to do with public nudity has nothing to do with LGBT. Right. <laughs> and yet they, <laughs> they wrap that up in it. Straight people and gay people alike can be new. It just, it's, they're just shock trolling, I think. Yeah. It, it's, it's the opposite. So I, I call like the, um, on the right, you have a lot of people that are rage, getting, are trying, are, are posting for rage bait. It's, they're posting rage bait. And I think that's a little bit of what this is. They know that it's going to go viral. So, they're like, hey, we, we can use the Streisand effect as well and, and just push this, but it doesn't help acceptance. It's like the opposite. You know, it, it, it hurts you. Um, and so it just drives a wedge deeper. But if you saw my video a couple weeks ago, that's exactly what the progress flag symbolizes. It's um, so ugly. I hate it. It will. And it's in, in the Chevron is literally cutting through the, uh, the original LGBT flag. And, and the whole like, point of the rainbow was that it's supposed to represent everybody. And now exactly. they have to add a stripe or a circle for every fake thing they invent. Uh, I, what, here's what I, here's what uh, <laughs> my boyfriend and I jokingly say is that you can tell the based gays, by if they just have the rainbow, they don't have the progress. It's like a, a it's like a quiet form yeah. of protest against the Wokies to just have the regular rainbow. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And then, you know, they're really based if they have the rainbow Gadsden flag. I used to have one of those. I actually have one it's in, the, in the closet. So, yeah, that's 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 how you know that they're really based. And then, I mean, but even this, like you go to New York Pride and you have Savannah Hernandez reported. <laughs> Oh, I haven't seen this one. All the leather daddies just walking around, you know. <sighs> the pups. Oh, yeah, the pups. Oh, my God. I hate that. That has nothing to do with being gay. It really doesn't. Kinks are extracurricular, to quote Blair White, right? Like <laughs> straight people and gay people and trans people or non-trans people, they all have kinks and fetishes and whatever. I really don't care. I'm a libertarian. Do whatever you want in your own bedroom. But that don't conflate that with our inanimate characteristics. We can't change your hobbies and interests. And also, yeah. it shouldn't be too much to ask that, that one of two things – Either no kink at Pride, 
which is my preferred option. But if you are going to do kink at Pride, 18 up. Don't yep. expose kids to sexual kinks and fetishes should be like something that should be the baseline that everyone just assumes yeah. we start at these two things can't go together. But in many of these videos, we see them doing this stuff, this kink fetish display or this, the partial or full nudity. I saw some full nudity today at one of them um, in front of children. Yeah, there you go. They're marching right down. Here, yeah. And unless you can guarantee, first off, I think even adults, I'm not sure they should be doing that. But unless you can guarantee me that they kept that whole audience 18 up, which I doubt they did, then that is seriously messed up. I mean, at least I guess you could say like if adults know there's going to be nudity and choose to go there, so be it. But most of these pride events are not age restricted. They're open to the public. People go. There are kids around. And yet you see them doing this kink and fetish stuff. And you even see some of them arguing like explicitly. I'm, there's a Washington Post headline from 2021 that says something to the effect of, yep. yes, kink belongs at pride and I want my kids to see it. And I'm just yeah, like, I remember that. I, FBI. I actually did a video on that at the time. I, I did a video <laughs> on that at the time. And I said exactly what you just said. I said, either you have, you can have kink at pride and you can have kids or you can have kids at pride, but you can't have both. How is that controversial? I don't know. It, it, it's really interesting because I don't, like you said, I, I think I, I said this because um, I was on Timcast on the first. And I said, I, t I said this either on the main show or that it might've been in the after show. Cause we talked a lot of LGBT issues in the after show, but I said this, I said, you know, straight people have kinks, but you don't see them like going out in the street and flaunting it. It's like, it just for some reason. And it brings back like you're, like you're talking about, it brings back all the stigmas that were, have always been labeled on the community. So then now people are going, see, I told you this slippery slope. If you let them get married, now they're going to have, you know, bringing it on to children. And, and, you know, we fought off, the community fought off Nambula one time, didn't think it was going to have to happen. The whole left is going to support an organization like that, you know? See, I still think most people don't. I, I really well, yeah. do. But I, yeah, it's such a messy issue. I think it gets conflated a lot. Um, yeah, I don't know what to make of it, but I, so I guess from their perspective, they view these things as related because they would say that like the shame and repression is what held them back and in, in, in their lives and forced them to be closeted and block them from being their authentic selves. And that, you know, public displays of sexuality are about rejecting that same shame and um, that same stigma and all these things. But it's like, not all shame is bad. So <laughs> the flaw, a, a little bit, shame is one of those things like you want to have a little bit, you don't want to have too much and you don't want to have none because <laughs> a little <laughs> bit of shame is good. If it just keeps you from, you know, acting like a fool in public, um, you shouldn't be ashamed about things you can't change or choose, whether that's skin yeah. color, whether that's sexual orientation, which is not a choice, whether that's having gender dysphoria, which is not something anyone would really choose. Those yeah. things you should not feel shame for because you can't help it. It's like your eye color, right? But things that you choose to do 
maybe or maybe not you should you feel shame for them for them and yeah. so it doesn't go to say that in order to not feel shame about my lgbt identity about who i am i must be completely shameless about anything that actually doesn't logically follow and so i think the appropriate thing would be <laughs> to cast away the shame for your identity and the things that, and that you can't change but maybe keep a little bit of it to stop yourself from you know exposing yourself in public in front of children just a little yeah, bit. It, well, that's the question is like, why would these adults think it was okay to walk around like that? It, and they know that they're so, probably going to At least some people. of this has to be criminal activity as well. Well, that's, the, that's what people have been saying. Now, I know, I mean, because we've seen videos, this, these are from Toronto Pride, um, but we've seen them. I mean, we've seen them in New York. We've seen the, in the, what is it, this fountain? I don't have that video, but there was the fountain in New York that everybody was topless and everything. I'm like, that's illegal in New yeah York. i mean it would depend on your local laws for like public indecency but especially in the presence of minors i would think some of that behavior would be caught up in laws uh, and it's another thing we have a real problem in this country with selective justice or like to sometimes enforcement of laws and sometimes not yeah. I'm someone who's a big proponent of equality under the law so i don't really think for example, that uh, having used drugs should disqualify you from go gun ownership. But if it does, right. if that's the law, then sure as heck, that needs to apply to Hunter Biden as well. <laughs> right? That's my perspective. If we need to have equal you, you see, treatment under the, the law for yeah, every. I, I, I don't have this one on the schedule, but I was like, there's so much in there. And yeah, I have the whole IRS obstruction timeline and everything like that of the of the Hunter Biden situation. So you're right. I think that if there is a law, it needs to apply to everybody and it's just not being applied equally across the board, especially when it comes to the elites, you know, um, because there's, there was a, a poll I, I recently found last, last week that showed like 70% of the, like even like even Democrats agreed it was like something like eighty percent of people thought that think that Joe Biden did something wrong with mishandled classified information. Same amount of people, actually, more people thought Hillary Clinton did something wrong when she destroyed her server. And so it's like, but yet they're going after Trump, and so that's what's causing. So I tweeted something that people didn't like. I tweeted that in a just world, Hillary Clinton, Hunter Biden, and Donald Trump would all be in jail. <laughs> and everybody got mad about that one but the point i was simply trying to make is just that like if if somebody not named hillary clinton or not named donald trump if a, a random civil servant or like military staffer did handled classified information in the way they handled it whether it's trump or clinton or potentially biden although we don't know as much about his case yet they would go to jail like we have yeah. a two separate standards. I know you probably know more about this being a veteran, right? But like yeah. there are stories of service people who mishandle classified information and go to jail for years. But it's like we have a politician standard when they do it. And then a normal person standard, what happens when they do it? And that one is way worse than the politician standard. They should be the same. Yeah. They really should. Yeah, and I, that there was There was something that came out that showed that what hunter biden would have been charged for like the gun crimes got somebody else 13 years in prison and so it's like wait a second and actually the department of justice um broke their own rules 
in prosecuting. They they have rules that will to prosecute the toughest crimes, and yet they didn't pursue the toughest crimes. And actually, they uh, the IRS recommended from the IRS whistleblowers they recommended that um, he be charged at two felonies for for um, two different felonies for two different years, like not filing. It was it was a falsifying tax returns and stuff like that and i mean taxation is theft but if you're gonna have these rules and it applies to everybody else it damn well better apply to exactly like if i don't pay my taxes i will get in serious trouble so if the biden family doesn't pay their taxes they should get the same thing that's all i'm saying ideally i wouldn't like hunter biden to have to pay much at taxes at all or me but we if we're going to we have to have it equal for everybody that shouldn't be too much to ask did you see that he allegedly, according to the whistleblowers, paid for hookers and wrote him off on his taxes? I did not see that, and I guess I can't <laughs> confirm that, but I will say it it tracks like with his personality. Yeah. You know what I, I thought that was you know what the most <laughs> I'm not gonna swear on your stream, but the most messed up thing of the entire Hunter Biden saga is not the drugs. It's not the hookers. It's not the tax stuff. It's not the gun charge. It is the daughter that he has, four-year-old baby Joan, that he refuses to claim paternity of, even though it's been scientifically proven in court proceedings. And he has fought to lower his child support. And he has fought to block Navy Joan from having the last name Biden. That is disgraceful. Yeah. We have an epidemic of deadbeat dads in this country, and Hunter Biden is one of the worst in public life. And then Joe Biden doesn't acknowledge his grandchildren. He says he has six, but he actually has seven. They put up six (laughs) stockings at the White House for the grandkids, not seven. It's like they just treat this innocent kid like the black sheep of the family through no fault of her own. It's not her fault she was born out of wedlock. I think it's so messed up and it barely gets any attention or coverage because it's a Democrat. No, you're absolutely right. That is probably the worst part of the entire saga I, I i fully agree i actually said something like that on twitter the other day i'm like i actually tweeted straight to potus like hey what about your seventh grandchild <laughs> you know because not only did hunter biden fight to reduce child support he flew there on a private jet you couldn't yeah. write this you couldn't write no, that you couldn't and, and and you're absolutely right the worst part too is like you said and and then the you know, Joe Biden doesn't even acknowledge, you know, for any anything. Remember when he said he was going to restore decency and norms? Oh, yeah. At least with Trump. <laughs> Trump was a degenerate, right? He was totally immoral. But at least you knew that. At least he didn't claim to yeah. be some pious person. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It was like you knew it. He was up front with it. And it was what it what it, what it was what it was. And actually, and I actually said this in the same interview as I talked about earlier, like he was the first president that ever came in to office supporting gay marriage. So and I, I he was probably one of the most LGBT friendly people we had. And even as a veteran myself, I understood like why he did like the trans ban and stuff like that in the military, because like if you have surgery near the military takes you away from a deployable status for a year like that's a that's a leader's worst nightmare like you you're taking a spot in the military for a year that you can't actually go do your job so 
it's really interesting. Yeah, it's it's interesting stuff. But I'm just kind of scrolling through here some of these other uh, <laughs> these other videos. This one, thank God for abortion. I Libby nailed it. Like God's not the one to thank for that. And and why is there trans flag there? Like there was a video that also came out that said like trans women are women, so you know they can get abortions. And I'm like, no, that's like not how this works. <laughs> Trans men can get abortions, I suppose. Yeah. But, yeah. It's- so I will say this. I really take issue. I've been, I've seen um, pride events in the past where they've got gun control and anti-Trump stuff and they've got pro-abortion stuff and setting aside your beliefs or whether you're pro-choice or whether you're pro-life, it has nothing to do with LGBT rights. And a person who is gay or trans can look at these complex moral debates and come down on either side. And you're only isolating people from what ideally would be an apolitical and neutral cause of LGBT acceptance by conflating it with unrelated, um, by conflating it with unrelated partisan issues, right? It's, these are like poison pills. And oh gosh, what are you putting up on the screen? <laughs> I'm trying to get it off. <laughs> did you see that video? Yes, I did. The twerking in the, the underwear. Same, the same man did the same thing last year at minneapolis pride so it's he like, should have been banned whoever organizes yeah. that pride should have banned him no but th- this 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 is again this is the same thing it's these guys are riding naked on a bike at new york city and next to children yeah the, they, they, the child joined them jail jail yeah jail, jail. Like, straight to jail like jail pass go like straight to jail what's the next one um <laughs> you said straight yeah. to jail don't pass go <laughs> There was one. So, oh my God, um, is that dude naked? <laughs> oh sh- <laughs> In the pup <laughs> play. <laughs> Ew. <Yes. laughs> this one, actually, shit. They're okay. always fat too. I'm just gonna say the nudists are never like thin. <laughs> no, there was this one though. This is even what this is. This this kind of encapsulates a lot of it too. Is this was at Toronto, and this child is writing a basket for first transition-related surgery program. So it's an organization that does transition-related care in Toronto, and they have a child with them. And it's like, how are you not like indoctrinating children into this? Like, and you're not, you know, you're saying that you want children to go through transitions. It it it, it makes absolutely no sense. I don't get it. So, um, but that's not like even it. Like you, you wrote this article. So I, I'll pull up some of your articles because you're my guest and we'll go to base politics now. Pull this one up. Give me those page views. Oh yeah. That's what we're doing. Everybody. And actually I, I always put um, the links of the article that I do in the comment section. So if you guys go to the comment section, the links are in there so you can go check out these articles but so it was um hrc declared a national emergency right <laughs> which makes There's absolutely no sense the human rights campaign the problem it, is oh yeah go ahead oh so they've been around since the early 1980s and they're this lgbt rights org but it's basically a democratic party front group at this point They just now, just a few weeks ago, declared a national emergency saying it's like five alarm fire, the worst it's ever been for LGBT rights. That is demented. 
they're actually saying that 2023, the year of our Lord, 2023, is worse than 1985. We had the AIDS epidemic. Gay marriage was a pipe dream. I think anti-sodomy laws were still on the books in some places. It's just the hyperbole. It's, I know gay people are, are dramatic, but these activists, they just are next level dramatic. It is demented. And also, it just it's like the boy who cried wolf. It's like the 10% of the time they actually have a valid complaint. Nobody freaking listens to them because they're so hysterical and partisan the rest of the time. Yeah, I think the biggest issue with the HRC that we're seeing now and then, you know, doing these very partisan stuff is they are the ones that are determining businesses CEI scores. Yes. So when like Bud Light came out and they lost their their 100% CEI score because they backtracked at all on the whole Dylan Mulvaney scandal. So they lost their their score so now now they, they had the boycott to deal with, and then they had their CEI score to deal with, which feeds into their ESG score to deal with. I mean, like, it, the Bud Light thing is really, it's just chef's kiss, how to completely alienate the right, and then without fixing that, also alienate the left. <laughs> well, they, <laughs> they and just, they never apologized. Yeah. And they just put those well, pandering I, I, ads to try to recover it, and it just made it worse. Well, and now they're, they, they did it again. Well, and I showed on the show last week that Yingling showed exactly how you do it. When Yingling came under fire because they sponsored, like they have naming rights to a music festival and they, that music festival was going to host an all ages drag show and it was connect and they used Yingling to promote it. Yingling said, no, 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 no. We have naming rights over that. And we are happy to work with them to change it to an 18 and over drag show. And they apologize for any, you know, anything there. They don't support, you know, one promoting beer to those under the age of 21, but, you know, having drag shows that are sexually explicit for, you know, the un, under 18. That's um, what I don't so get right the, whole, the whole drag queen story hour thing. I think people on the right often get a little more worked up than it. Like they think it's more widespread than it is. It's still yeah. like it goes viral, but it's still a pretty rare thing. Like I don't know anybody anywhere around here having a drag queen story hour, but I will just say like, why are liberals so opposed to the idea of just making drag 18 plus? Like it seems pretty common sense. What is, what is the big yeah. loss of not being able to bring your child to a drag event? Like that is, in my opinion, not appropriate for children. Um, yeah. I have a little bit of, a, of, of two minds on some of the laws. What I would say is this. I would support a law saying you can't bring a minor to a sexually lewd performance of any kind, drag mm -hmm. or not. Some of these laws go a little too far down the path of targeting drag, but not other similarly situated activities, um, which I think is a free speech issue at that point. But it's not a free speech issue to simply say anything that is a lewd performance is 18 and up. That seems like a pretty common sense law. And I just don't see what the loss yeah. is. What are they missing out on, right? Like, well, here here's an issue because um, actually, just this week, I actually think on Friday, um, in Florida, the Florida bill was blocked on Friday that banned drag shows for minors 
because it simply stated it wasn't clear enough. And so they said they said it was a First Amendment issue because they didn't define what a lewd, you know, performance was. You have to be careful. These laws can't be vague because vague laws that are too vague are unconstitutional. I don't know the specifics of that law in Florida, so I can't really say. But there's an issue, for example, an issue with the parental rights or what critics called the don't say gay that I thought was a legitimate critique in Florida was just that the bill was pretty vague. And I think Mm -hmm. you have to make these things very specific so that people are on notice about what is and isn't allowed. And it's okay to have reasonable restrictions and safeguards, but you do have to let people know exactly what's allowed and what's not to pass like vague language and then leave it up to interpretation or enforcement is not really fair to people. And then also leaves it ripe for abuse. If the language is vague, they can enforce it sometimes and not other times based on who's well connected and who's not. So, um, but I will say, (laughs) It would be great if we had activist organizations with credibility that could actually, you know, like a human rights campaign before it went super partisan, you know, 15 years ago, it worked with Democrats and Republicans alike that could be a referee on these things and give honest, you know, this one bill makes sense. This one needs some changes, but because they've made themselves so partisan and hysterical, nobody in the Republican party listens to a damn word they have to say. And I can't blame them. That's the same with the ACLU. And I, I do agree. There's there's some, I think the, cause I, actually on my very first episode, I read the uh, the Tennessee bill that banned drag and it seemed like a fairly, fairly good bill, you know, uh, because it was, it, it basically just amended, the, made drag shows the same as, a, you know, taking a kid to a strip club. And that's kind of, they just added to that section of the, of the original bill. One of my biggest concerns about like a lot of the bills that target trans like trans youth um, is that they specifically because I've worked on a few of them now um, is that they as I talk to politicians, I tell them I'm concerned that this bill will be overturned based off of 14th Amendment equal protection laws because you allow a young female to still get breast implants but you don't allow males to get breast implants, for example. And so it's specifically targeted to gender dysphoria. And so that could be construed as sex-based discrimination. And that is my biggest concern with a lot of these bills that are being passed right now. I think that's a valid concern. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I I tell every, every time I testify or I talk to one of these legislators, I'm like, it's not going far enough. You need to talk, you need to, make sure that it's not targeting specifically to gender dysphoria, but they, they, they end up going and passing it, but, and we'll see what happens in the courts. And and thank God we have the court we have, but they've generally been pretty fair on these issues in terms of, you know, going against the grain, even against Republicans and saying this law is too vague. Like the, the, that was what was interesting. The Arkansas law actually just um, got blocked last month, which was the first bill that, banned any gender transitions and minors it got blocked one because one of the issues it got blocked for was because it was a first amendment violation because it told doctors that they could not um recommend other doctors to prescribe those procedures and so that would be like you telling you know you going out and being like hey you know you can go get that over there and it's like you wouldn't even be able to be a doctor and you know if you can't 
you know, give like referrals to other doctors. And so that was a, a first amendment. Violation. Yeah. A lot of these bills are sloppy and that's a problem yeah. there. Yeah. A lot of these bills are sloppy, which is a problem. Agreed. Agreed. Um, well, we, we, we've talked quite a bit on this stuff. And so I'm going to skip ahead to, um, did you see um, Riley Gaines testimony at all? Not much. I saw a few clips. So, yeah. So for the audience, like Riley Gaines um, testified alongside some activists, um, but about being forced to compete. Like, so it was, it was, a, it was a panel about um, trans athletes competing with women, which I'm against. I, I, I'm assuming you are as well. Right, Brad? I don't know. Yeah, I am against that. Okay um there was the one, one take area. i have that perhaps some republicans don't agree with i think trans men should be allowed to compete with boys oh i i think most would agree with that. i think that most people see the male category as an open category and the female category should be specifically for females that's the way that i see it at least and i don't so think anybody the bills, would worry about that that's a good sign to me is when the bills only apply to the female. I've seen some bills that say all athletes must comp- compete in their birth by their birth sex. To me, that is needlessly discriminatory because if a trans male wants to put themselves at a disadvantage, go for it in my book. I think yes. it's fine. The problem with trans women is there's a biological advantage that doesn't go away through transition. We all know it. Even the woke people know it. They just can't admit it because they their friends will get mad at them. They all know it. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So I do think that's an important distinction because that's the difference between actually just discriminating or just legislating to protect fairness. Yeah. And, and actually, um, well, did you, have you seen, I am, um, I've set out on a goal and I actually want my Twitter to get a, uh, I want to get subscriptions so I can track my progress with Twitter subscribers, but, um, I'm setting out to, I am going to break the female squat record in my weight weight division in like six or 12 months. I've never really lifted heavy on squats. Like I've just been an athlete my whole life and I was in the army. And so I have strong legs, but I, and I do have knee issues. I have back issues, but you know what? I'm like, I'm going to prove a point. There is no advantage that you can get rid of. Like I already proved it once, but I didn't track it because like after a year on hormones, I started going to spin class and my power numbers in spin class are within the 80th percentile among women. And it, and it just doesn't make sense. Like when I push over 800 watts and people are like, I got in the women in class who have been doing this their whole life. They're like, I got 400. I'm like, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's it's and, and actually I've had people, when I start talking about this, like people at the gym, when, I, when I've mentioned it to them, they're like, like women, they're like, thank you for doing that. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's not fair, but to your point, Riley Gaines said exactly said very similar to what you said. So she said, "We mentioned this issue being politicized. This is not politics for me. This is a real life issue, and I want to put it on record. I don't believe trans athletes should be banned from sports. That's the rhetoric that's being pushed from the opposition. Um, Anti-trans bill bans trans athletes. Trans athletes should not be banned from playing sports. Of course not. I just want everyone to compete where it's fair and where it's safe. And I don't understand how that's that's overly controversial. Yeah." yeah. 
I mean, she nailed it. <laughs> yeah, she, I actually she, like Riley been, um, a lot. She's been treated pretty nastily. I mean, have you, you saw the videos of her being hounded and harassed, chased through a hallway at a college campus? Like, even it, it's not a good look when the, these right wing um, or she's been working with right wing groups. They say like this is an attack on women's rights, and then you respond by harassing and haranguing the women that speak out like that's not a good look and you're only further proving their point no you're you're 100 so yeah there was the the that's what actually seeing her being attacked at san francisco college whatever that university was that she like had to hide in a closet yeah um that was an issue and and she works with um an organization called icons so they that's like their biggest thing is is women's sports and i actually know both the founders of icons as well i've talked a lot with them and we've we've coordinated it's how i i get some of the quotes for some of the articles i write based on these sports issues because um i i I know them and so but i wrote in that article because i realized like i'm like these like if you look at the videos on that type of stuff they're not trans people in those videos they're just as we call it it's it's trantifa they're self-identifying into a category or they're just speaking out as allies and i'm like what kind of allies are you if what you're doing is harming we need the ally we need a complete and total shutdown on allies until we can figure out what the hell is going on because (laughs) these crazy people are doing way more damage than they are helping please stop helping i'm talking to you white liberal women who think they're lgbtq allies and keep saying crazy shit i'm talking to you well it's i i I always actually it's what i always say is the liberal the white was it the upper middle class white progressive woman is the one that thinks that she's the big ally she's the one that's taking her kids to the drag show she's the one which i don't know why again like you were talking about drag shows earlier i don't know why that you you want your day out to be with your kids you know if that's going to be your fun time why why don't you just go with like your friends and have a good time why do you want to take your kids but they think that they're being supportive of the community by bringing their kids now but they're also the ones that are falling into this trans housing by proxy to where they are transitioning their children. So they're no longer considered oppressors and they get these like woke points for being like transitioning their kids. It's kind of like the non-binary thing, right? Where people are identifying as non-binary because it gives them woke victim points or they get to be part of the acronym or whatever, but it's not actually like Demi Lovato was non-binary and then just said, Oh, I stopped that because it's too hard. And that's like, obviously not, so it's not real then if you can just stop it, right? Yeah. Because the whole thing about being gender dysphoric or being gay is you can't, like we, if we could have just stopped it, we would have done so very early in life. It would have been much easier. Yeah. So something yeah, that I don't think like, I would have transitioned if I could have just stopped it. You no, know? <laughs> if I could have been heterosexual as a teenager, I would have loved to. Right? You, yeah. we, gay people try their whole life to not be. And then they're like, okay, this isn't going to change. Um, and so if you can stop, if something can be turned on and off, it's like, I feel like it's sometimes, oh, actually, I'm going to put that away. It is not to be conflated with our inanimate characteristics. And I think that's what's very harmful about some of this stuff is they're conflating things that actually are fads or choices with being gay or trans, which are not fads or choices. Yeah. <laughs> but for a long time, people thought or said they were. And now all of a sudden, our allies are reinforcing that false idea. So please 
I repeat, yeah. Karens, liberal white women, you need to stop helping. Yeah. Now, I will say, I'll push back a little bit, just because um, you're right. Having gender dysphoria is not the choice. The cho There is a choice to transition or not transition, which I know some people transition is not right for them, even though they have gender dysphoria. But to have gender dysphoria is not a choice. That's what That's I exactly mean. Nobody saying. chooses yeah, to yeah. have gender dysphoria. Exactly. Exactly. And there's a lot of people that, um, a lot of detransitioners actually that are like, I still have gender dysphoria, but it, it, it's not, it was it didn't help to transition. So what do I do now? And that's where they're stuck at. Um, My heart but goes what out you were to talking about I can't. Oh yeah. Poor, honestly, the detransitioners, I have, I will probably dip my toe into that at some point, but I have yet to partly because it's just so heartbreaking and sad. Yeah. And obviously I've, um, I've made friends with a lot of them in the space that I am in. Um, and Chloe Cole is probably the biggest one. Me and her do a lot of events together, but it is, I actually had somebody come up to me after an event because there was just two people on the, on the stage that it was just like, just always hearing their stories is always emotional. And they were like, you're, I was, they told me that they were watching me while they were telling their stories and that I'm a complete empath and I've never been told that in my life. But, um, I was like, but it's Chloe and I know Chloe's story, like the back of my hand, I could probably tell everybody Chloe's story because I've heard it so many times, uh, because we're so close and we've done so many events together, but there's so many of them that it's, it, I actually, my heart goes out to, especially like Tulip and, um, shapeshifter who i had um who I, was in atlanta a couple weeks ago and we we did a video and we hung out for a couple of days and really got to know each other and it's like when you've actually gone through the bottom surgery and you regret it Oy vey. that's a whole nother level but then i mean but it's the same with the with the females when they have top surgery and then it's like what you can't really replace that this is why I think you, you just have to be an adult to make those decisions. And I support totally at that agree. point, I totally support somebody's right to make those decisions. But you can't tell me a 12 year old, not that they don't get top surgery usually, but like to go down the medically in the medicalization path at that young age, once you start going down, it very rarely do you ever turn back. You can't tell me that they can fully understand and comprehend the consequences of that at that young age. They simply cannot, especially because the metal tra medical transition can often cause lifelong infertility. That's not yeah. something a minor can really understand enough to say, yes, I'm okay with giving that up. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really a rough situation. I, yeah, that's why I fight. I mean, that's why I, I have... I guess now two bills that we've passed under my name, we're still working on getting the, we're expecting a veto in Louisiana, but we passed with a veto majority, veto proof majority. So we'll see about that. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, that's why I push so hard and actually libertarians come at me because I'm pushing stuff, you know, against, you know, transitioning of children. And I'm like, even in the most anarchist society, we would protect children. Like that's the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah. It, I think it's hard because the, the case is parental rights to make their own kids medical decisions. And yeah. that is compelling, but there does have to be a limit to that somewhere. Yeah. I mean, we don't, uh, we, we have, we have limits on 
what parents can do to their children. Children, parents cannot, and this is this is graphic, and hopefully YouTube doesn't kill me. But parents can't pimp their kids out, right? You know, and, and so why is this? This shouldn't be very much diff- seen much different than that. You can't abuse your children, um, and so you this this is kind of that same thing. I will say I have um, sympathy for parents who their kid had gender dysphoria. They took them to a doctor and the doctor told them, yes, you need to transition your child or your child will unalive themselves. Sometimes on the right, I see people bullying the parents or attacking the parents. And I think that's wrong because I think they were in an incredibly difficult position and they listened to the experts. Turns out the experts were probably wrong. And now, shocker. Um, And now we're seeing a bunch of other countries totally change their standards on this. But I do have sympathy for the parents in these situations who simply listened to their kid's doctor and did what they were told by the medical professionals, by their psychiatrists. I don't blame the parents that much. I do have sympathy for them because they were in a rock and a hard place. You know, do I go along with this or do I risk they're telling me my child is going to unalive themselves? Like, I have sympathy for those parents. Do I think that they should be allowed to do that? No, but I do have sympathy for them. Well, and that's, um, I, I, I actually, I fully agree with that too, because this, there's, there's more of an issue. Most of the issue that I take up with is with the medical industry as a whole. The medical industry is manipulating parents and they're manipulating patients. Um, it's one of the reasons why I believe in informed consent for adults um, but I sympathize very heavily with the detransitioners because when they transitioned, their doctors were telling them and they trusted their doctors and the doctors, you know, didn't tell them all the effects to where I think that their lawsuits are going to, um, so the, the lawsuits are actually going to, yeah. you know, affect that. That's what's going to be the biggest thing. But I, I, I fully think that like, if a doctor told you that this is going to be life-saving for you, or it's going to be, you know, the best thing for you and you went along with it and it's not, then that's medical malpractice. And I think that they manipulate parents and they manipulate um, the, 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 ch- the children or the adults and children as well. And so I think that the biggest issue is with the medical industry. Um. So, but I do want to jump on to, um, cause it, it actually, this actually goes along with what you were saying about, um, Riley Gaines earlier and about how the left attacks, um, her for speaking out. So, um, Josh Hawley actually asked this question. I thought this was a brilliant answer. Um, let me give you a chance to respond to something that Leah Thomas said recently publicly. This is, um, she said this publicly they're using this quote now. They're using the guise of feminism, they meaning you, using the guise of feminism to sort of push transphobic beliefs, meaning you advocating for women, women's rights is actually just a cover for transphobia. Do you want to respond to that? Feminism is not a fluid term. Um, The original and the meaning of what it means to be a feminist is to uphold, respect, honor, embrace, and celebrate women on our own physical ceilings, our own uniqueness. That term has not changed. Um, and what this really is, is a, is a male mansplaining what it is to be a feminist, which I honestly think is pretty ironic. And it's something we've seen before. Last question. And I'll just, I'll ask this and then give you, I mean, kind of funny, yeah. <laughs> a male mansplaining, which is, which is great. Um, I know. So we're at the top of the hour, but, and we didn't get to talk about 
um, Robert Kennedy, but I just oh RFK. <laughs> his, oh, that video I tweeted when that video went out. His, he skyrocketed in the polls with a certain subset of the gay community. <laughs> yes, he did. Not not just the gay community, the female community. <laughs> Maybe, but I just know there's a specific subset of gays that is here for a fit <laughs> silver fox. <laughs> absolutely um and there's so much we we could talk about but this was a great episode brad thanks for thanks for joining um and actually this is kind of just a preview right because we're gonna get to kind of continue this conversation in like 20 days maybe yeah freedom fest let's go yeah, it's gonna be me. Me and Brad are on the stage together doing a, a fireside chat on LGBT issues on Saturday. So awesome. it'll be really good if you guys are there. Um, we'll be there. And um, but again, yeah. Is there anything um, you want to tell everybody where they can find you, real quick? Yeah, if you enjoyed this conversation, check out the Damage Control podcast with me uh, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. And thank you. And as always, if you like this, click that like and subscribe button. Follow me across all social media platforms. And I will see you next time.